Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and this week, no Emma Sexton, instead, Jenny Trent Hughes. We talk to Amika George about her success in getting free tampons into schools. Plus, Annabelle Giles tells us why it's no good being a woman over 60. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! So, you might have seen the story this week that the government has to announce a free sanitary product scheme across all secondary schools in England and Wales in a bid to combat period poverty. This is down to teenage activist Amica George, and I just... I think it's completely amazing. Um, Nat, tell us a little bit about how she started the campaign. Well, um, from what I know, she realised the injustice and actually started as a social media campaign. So I I want to know how you take a social media campaign and actually turn it into action. From the social media campaign, she got lots of people engaged and involved, firstly with a petition. So nearly a quarter of a million people signed a petition to get government to debate it in the House of Parliament. And from a petition, it moved to a march, again, showing that people really care about this. It is completely an injustice that one in 10 girls between 14 and 21 are are unable to afford some products and so through pushing and 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 challenging policy and basically asking why this shift has happened and there are lots of organizations that are behind this including gabby uh, edlin who's been on the show before from bloody good period but i think um amica definitely sticks in my mind for a lot of the work she's done we've got her on the phone now amica welcome to badass women's hour excel hi thank you so much for having me hi tell us what made you start this campaign So I started the campaign almost two years ago now after reading an article about girls in the UK having to miss school because they couldn't afford menstrual products. And at the time I was in in school, I was doing my A-levels and I'm really fortunate that I've never had to go through this myself. So I was kind of just so shocked when I heard that this was happening in the UK and that girls my age or younger were missing school for a week every month or they were using tissue paper, um, newspaper, the sleeves of T-shirts or socks, just whatever they could get their hands on just to be able to go to school. And I really probably quite naively expected the response from the government um, straight after this news had come out and that didn't come. So that's when I started my campaign free periods to call for an end to period poverty in schools and to ask the government to take action. And It was a long and hard fight and now I'm really happy to say that today they've announced that they will be providing them free in all schools in England as Scotland has done and it's making 
such a huge difference there, which is amazing. Um, and just, I think it's just testament, not just to me, but to all the campaigners. Gabby from Blood's a Good Period is, was just mentioned, and just mm. all the amazing, incredible women who have just fought for this issue. And in December 2017, we did this big protest outside Downing Street, and over 2,000 young people turned up and wore red and were waving banners and shouting about tampons. And it was just a really empowering day. And I think this is just proof that everyone who turned up to that and who signed their name to it, mm-hmm. the petition and who put effort in to try and end this has yeah really had a huge impact absolutely and i could tell us more about what went on behind the scenes because i think a lot of people feel like they can start campaigns by setting up a hashtag or just saying something on social media but it takes a lot to turn it from a conversation through to actual action and change so what happened behind the scenes what sort of things were you doing yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so I think you should definitely use social media. That would be my advice, not just kind of posting, getting other people to post, getting in touch with celebrities or people with a lot of followings who can just help to get the message out there and create an even bigger and bigger audience. Definitely collaborate with other people. Um, one of the biggest things that I learned from the campaign was just that I couldn't do it all on my own. I, I found friends and people who cared just as much about the issue as I did to really collaborate with and who would help me to use the resources and skills that they had that maybe I didn't have and that was huge of huge value um yeah and I would just say try and get the people get the audience that you are aiming for engaged make sure that they feel like they're a part of it so we have um like a banner making night we've done a few different events especially for teenage girls who are really engaged um we yeah had the hashtag obviously and try to get as many people as possible to feel like they're a part of it by creating artwork or posting things on their social media as well as kind of contacting like the big names and politicians and having meetings with mps and things like that so yeah it's definitely a team effort that's what i would say what do you think do you think this is enough to solve it are you happy with this now or is there still more that you want to campaign for Mm. There's definitely more. Um, this obviously is just like a first, it's a preliminary thing. It's this pledge that we hopefully hope will, you know, kind of actually be rolled out to all secondary schools. But it needs to be more than this. There also needs to be um, provision in primary schools because, girl, like, I was in primary school, for example, when I started my period. Um, we need them in colleges, universities. Eventually, I'd love to see them in all public spaces because we're still hearing so many awful stories of homeless women, asylum seekers, women in prison. There's just a countless number of groups of women who are affected by this, not just secondary school children. So I think it needs to be universal access and it also needs to be enshrined in law because that's how we'll know that it's not going to just be kind of like a political pledge that can Mm. be scrapped by the next government. So just before this was announced, we were campaigning for a legal case to ensure that this is kind of but this has made a legal um, obligation because the government does have an obligation under the Equality Act to make sure that all children are in school and have equal access to education and period poverty was definitely hindering that. And so we're hoping that this will help. It does need to be um, yeah, enshrined in law. And what can we do to, to help? What can we do to support you, anyone listening at home? So a few different things. One of the things is definitely donate on our um, crowdfunding drive. It's called Free Periods and it's on crowdjustice.com. And that'll be a huge help if you could help um, support us through there. Also through social media, we have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the things that you can kind of post about and share and just help to make the message grow and grow. And then also talk about periods. I think we will... We need to keep fighting to end this taboo. And once period poverty is ended, which hopefully will happen 
happen soon, we need to work on ending the stigma and the taboo and getting people to just really feel empowered by their periods and make sure that men and boys and anyone else who isn't involved and who doesn't have a period feels as comfortable and okay with talking about them because I think we've been taught from a very young age that they're disgusting and gross and should be kept a secret and we all stuff tampons off up our sleeves and that's, we need to change that culture, I think. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amica, thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to follow you or follow the campaign on social media, where should they be looking? Um, so Instagram, Twitter, it's all free periods. Um, and yeah, change.org is the petition and um, Crowd Justice, Amica George, free periods is also the um, donation drive. So yeah, follow us all. And yeah, I just want to make it grow and grow and make sure that, yeah, that all girls have equal access to education and that everyone feels really, really empowered and comfortable with talking about menstruation. Amica, thank you so much for joining us. The amazing Amica George there, um, all about her petition, that free periods. I mean, she was saying so many things there that really um, I had I had just taken for granted or not thought about. So mm. I always knew when I was in like my early 20s, I knew that I was having one of those months where the budget was not quite stretching through the month when I had to buy tampons on my boots card. Mm-hmm. That was how I knew that it was you know a tight month. And it just never occurred to me that there were sort of young girls who did not have access to sanitary products Mm. and part of that is because we don't talk about it because we have this weird culture of shame around periods yeah and we do that thing as she said of you know putting the tampon up your sleeve and being horrified if they fall out of your bag i am so thankful that the generation below me are so much more activist and aware. Charlie, you're nodding. Did you really feel that when you were listening to her? I thought she was amazing. Honestly, yeah. she's incredible and she's so eloquent and just and, and she's teaching us, right? She's teaching <laughs> our generation yeah. that we need to be standing up for things. I mean, yeah. the, the the tampon up your sleeve is just so, so ridiculous. ridiculous. We all know that feeling, yeah. right? We, I mean, I, I can remember um, a couple of years ago working for an employer where we got free tampons and genuinely, you know, as a 30-something-year-old, realising how, how much of a lifesaver that was on my budget, yeah. let alone when you don't even have a budget, right? When, you know, you're reliant on your parents' budget. Mm-hmm. It's massive. It, it, sanitary products are ridiculously expensive. Well, one of the things that they found out, um, I was lucky enough to see Bill Gates uh, a couple of years ago in a in a room with like 20 people. And one of the things that they were talking about was they started doing research into finding out why the education of women was so different in third world countries. Why was it that it seemed that everybody was equal, everything was fine, and then all of a sudden, girls were not going to school anymore. And it was all about their period. And that was when the whole concept of period poverty started becoming a phrase. And so then they started organizations like that, just going to countries and buying sanitary equipment so that girls could stay in school. And it immediately completely changed the landscape of education of girls in third world countries. I, I was just going to say, so, <laughs> so, so true. And there, yeah, and there are, um, I know there are lots of room with 20 other people and Bill Gates. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was listening yeah. to that point. Closely God bless Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things that shocked a lot of people, though, is that they thought that this happens overseas. It happens in other places. Yeah. And when they realised it was happening on their doorstep, in their yes. schools, yeah. um, to girls that they probably know, that's when people went, oh, 
And we just we discussed it. I think a, a box of tampons can cost four pounds. So yeah. if you think about a family and a family on a budget, if you're buying three or four of those boxes every month, that eats into a into a budget. And so I think the other side of this campaign is also calling on the producers of so the P and Gs of this world. The I always get this wrong because there's one of them that doesn't um, actually make them. Uh, but to bring the price down. And let's it's be honest about something, though. Yeah, but you know what? When I first when I first moved here for the first like 10 years, I'd have friends coming from New York and they'd say, you know, what can we bring you? What do you need? And I used to say tampons mm. and they'd say tampons and say, yup. And they would bring me the exact same brand, the exact same size, the exact same amount. And they cost four times as much in London mm. as they did in New York. Now, what is that about? And you see, so that's why it isn't necessarily the companies manufacturing it, because these are global mm-hmm. companies. And I've been told that a lot of it had to do with all the taxes, the, the, the surtax and stuff that we were putting on them here. But that tax has now, st- now been removed and they're still expensive. So I feel like there's also a retail price thing. Yeah. Well, there's a retail price thing and there's also a, a kind of, I loved Amory's point about just, put them in public spaces so there feels like there's a surely there is some sort of tax break csr thing going on here which is actually those companies donating and saying actually we fund it into schools or we fund it into homeless shelters we create as we have food banks tampon banks actually we make that available yeah yes to that but also things that men need are generally free i was just gonna say that so if a man is in a hospital and needs a shaver a razor he can get one for free a woman in a hospital cannot get any form of sanitary product for free yeah so if a man needs something, they figure out a way to get it there, make it available Wait, and pay for I'll it. I'll just say one bonkers. word, Viagra. <laughs> just one word, Viagra. Isn't that bonkers when you think how, how much more important sanitary protection is than a razor to your health yeah. in yeah. a hospital? I mean, yeah. It's just unfathomable. Exactly. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Jenny Trent Hughes. And in the studio with us, the fabulous Annabelle Giles. Hello, Annabelle. Hello, welcome. Can you hear the applause. Cool. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming back on the show. That's all right. Uh, you were in a few months ago talking mm. about uh, the jungle. Oh, was I? I'm oh, a celebrity. Right. Get me yes, out of here. Yes, that's yes, what it was. Yes, a hundred years ago. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we said we wanted you to come back in because, mm. as you were leaving, you said this kind of throwaway comment about you know, all right, all you know, all very well being a woman in the workplace, but what happens when you're an older woman in the workplace? Mm. I thought we must get you in to talk about mm. this because everyone knows you as a TV presenter, but you're also a counsellor. You had a career change. Mm. Tell us about working life as you get older why is it well it doesn't really exist i think i mean it's very i'm really really serious because when i knew i was coming on this i spoke to a few of my friends and Mm. they all say that it's so much harder to get any kind of job ranging from you know um admin person pa secretary whatever all the way up to anything that's going to earn you anything like what you need because People can tell, even though you don't have to write your date of birth on a CV or anything, they can tell by your qualifications. Mm. So it's like, what university you went to, mm. what, that wasn't a university then, da-da-da-da. As soon as I write O-levels, 
People get, yeah. oh, obviously over 100. And I think we've got our numbers wrong. I think, Pete, how old do you think I am? Do you know? I don't know if you know how no. old I am. How old would you say? You told us. I did tell you, didn't you I? Younger. And I know that you're younger than me. Right, you think? How old no, are you? No, you are. Oh, you, I am. You, you are, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Because I remember looking at some point and going, oh, yeah. she's younger than me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm 60 in May, right? Hmm. I'm 60 in May. Yeah. Because no one actually believes you. No, I'm no. true. I was born in 1959, 20th of May, 1959. You can look it up. I'm 60 in May. If I put myself on a CV type thing, I'm very unlikely to get any kind of job because people think that people of 60 and over are going to be sort of um, slightly sort of decrepit, boring, mm-hmm. stuffy, unable to join in type of people and it's absolutely infuriating it's she's telling the truth because i'm 63 Mm. and i was talking to somebody the other day who is in recruitment and he was saying to me that in the so they're they're legally not allowed to ask you how old you are (laughs) but they can tell but you you can't get an interview until you fill out an online form Mm -hmm. and when you fill out an online form you sometimes now have to submit proof of how old you are I mean, of who you really are, your identity. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a screen grab mm. of your passport mm. or whatever. Yeah. So that's how they know how old you are. Mm-hmm. And this guy was telling me that they have software that <laughs> spits it out if you are over a certain age. And that's why you don't that's why you don't get an interview. But isn't that illegal? Yes. So sort why of. are we doing it? Why do but we think I don't know. Knows? What so I read a report a few weeks ago which said that essentially ageism in the workplace and this really terrified me kicks in at for men forty five mm-hmm. and yeah. for women forty. Yeah, yeah, that's very young. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because most of the of the companies are run by younger people because younger people do very well very quickly. It's seen as okay. When we were younger people, you worked for a very long time in one job, in one position, in order to get to another. Nowadays, you climb the ladder much quicker because they do it more on sort of ability rather than experience. And actually, you can't buy experience. And there's so many roles that people over 50 could be perfectly capable of doing, but they're just not even considered for it. So the only option for people like us is to become self-employed, employ ourselves, start a company, etc., etc. I had to go and retrain, not because I particularly wanted to stop being a TV presenter, and that's a totally different yeah. you know, ball game. I didn't want to stop at all. I absolutely loved my job. But there was no work for me and I couldn't survive on what I was earning. Did people so say I retrained. to you that the work wasn't coming in because you were too old? No, 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 because you could sue them for that. So nobody ever <laughs> says that. But yeah. it's interesting that I was on a programme last summer in July and August uh, called Our Real Shirley Valentine's Summer or something. Yeah. There were eight ladies on that over 50. Not one of them has got any further work from that series. Hmm. Not one. Jenny, did you notice this phenomenon as well in your career that at some point people stopped calling you? My situation was slightly different because I sold my house and left the country for three years. And Mm. until then, I was, you know, I did three series of Loose Women. I've had series on every channel, blah, blah, blah. And then I came back and noticed noticed that it was different. However, if I'm going to be completely honest, I think that as a society here, um, especially women, we start considering ourselves, and I'm using we in inverted commas, start considering ourselves old. 
and then so we're we're old sometimes and then not old other times and that's conflicting because it's 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 what you're projecting that I think is the problem. I think it depends what you think old is. I think well, that's the other thing. Old. I mean, my grand my grand my grandmother died last year at 105, mm. and she didn't think she was old. Mm. I certainly don't think I'm any kind of old, but mm. I notice that as soon as I leave the UK and go to another country, I'm 15 years younger. Yeah, mm. you're respected for your wisdom, perhaps. No, certainly for no it's that people still think that you're hot and funny and yeah. interesting yeah. in a way that they, mm. that they don't hear. Yeah, in this country, we're really, really ageist. Shockingly Very. so. More Absolutely. so than America, more so than Canada, more so than Europe. We really are yeah. really youth-orientated. Is that because you, we just haven't caught up with the fact that ages that are later in the spectrum are actually younger. So for me, mm, 40 now then. feels yeah. much younger yeah. than it did mm. a few years ago. Absolutely. 60, mm. I don't want to, the cliche, but 60 mm. is the new 40. Mm. And I just don't feel like things have caught up. No. But did you did you expect, did you, did you know that they would get to a point and the work would dry up or were you expecting that work would continue to come in? I think at 40, I was thinking I'll just carry on working until I, <laughs> till I don't fancy it anymore <laughs> or till I'm a bit tired or whatever. But I find myself now in the position where I'm 60. My parents are 85 and 87. They're still, you know, up and running and living a vibrant, fulfilling life, etc. So I've got another 30 years at least mm. to support myself. I'm not married. I don't have a husband with a pension and all that sort of thing. To support myself and my son who has special needs or whatever. I mean, hopefully he will get a job to support himself and me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I now have another 30 years to go. Mm. And this isn't taken into account. I'm not going to get my state pension till I'm 66. And that is going to be the princely sum. And I've paid all the full um, national insurance towards it's eight grand a year mm. so wow. what am I to do what are we to do women of this yeah. age people of this age there's so many people who are still perfectly capable of working who aren't going to have to take time off work because they've got sick children mm. whose children have left home who are utterly available to dedicate themselves and pursue a proper career and there's nothing there for them it's like falling off a cliff but the flip side is is that if anyone recognised this and said, well, let's remove retirement, people go, whoa, I need mm. a retirement age. So what's mm. the happy medium? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I just I mean, think we've got our numbers wrong. We need to raise I, the bar. I agree on that, mm. but I wouldn't raise the age of retirement. Well, you see, the thing, I, I mean, I have already said to anyone who's ever asked me that you'll know I'm retired when they're you know, when there's a bunch of lilies on the casket. Absolutely. I I mean, I I really don't understand. I don't understand the concept of retirement at all. Mm. And with certain professions, I can see where it makes sense. To me, it doesn't. Mm. However, I still do insist that part of it is we need to change our attitudes. Mm. Because if Mm. we change this conversation right now, we're talking about ageism in the workplace. Mm. And if we went, you know, clap hands, clap hands, new conversation. And we started talking about fashion or makeup all of a sudden we would be i know i'm too old to wear that no i can't Mm. wear that anymore no only young girls should wear that no i can't go clubbing so well, oh, I'm going to ask you, you ladies, can. about some rules of age <laughs> yeah, after I the break. Think there are what any. are the rules of <laughs> age? <laughs> I like mm, that. Mm. Uh, we're going to keep talking about this here on Talk Radio with Badass Women's Hour XL. The Vampire Strikes Back 
Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Before the break, we're talking about ageism in the workplace and uh, Jenny raised the point that actually if we started talking about fashion or makeup or hair, we'd start saying things like, oh no, I'm a bit too old to wear that or that's not quite for me, that's for the younger crowd. Annabelle, do you think that there are sort of subliminal rules around what we can and can't do at certain ages? Well, my rule is if I don't feel comfortable doing it, I won't. And that's sort of it. And yes, I can see someone, you know, wandering, waddling past in a in a mini skirt or something, and think, mm, yeah, not so, you know, it's just it's not what I would wear, but it's absolutely fine for them. And I think we've got to stop the, again. It's thinking about age. It's like going, mm-hmm. oh no, it's all right for the young people to wear false eyelashes, but I shouldn't really because I wore them the first time round. This is nonsense. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I agree. And utter nonsense. Although the first know? time round thing is, so I'm on the first round of the first time oh, round you? Oh, things good. Do, what are, where you what start are you reliving? Uh, 80s I saw somebody in a what do you call those horrible track suits what were they shell suits shell suits mm. I saw somebody in a shell suit the other day well it I didn't wear those last time around I have to tell you God. I'm not going to wear them the second Definite. time around I, it's not a good look on anyone no um, but <laughs> I think there is a sort of I don't know actually you think there's a, a kind of set of rules that we inherently have within us particularly as women about mm. what we can and can't do at certain ages yeah, I definitely, I was thinking about it. I've got the clothing one. I sort of think, oh, yeah, I can't wear that anymore. So sort mm. of lengths of skirts is, is, is the generic one. Is it about you can't wear it or you don't want to wear it? Or no, you no, no. I, I would like or... to be able to wear a short leather skirt. <laughs> I just don't think I look good in it but then that's your idea isn't it and your yeah. rule for yourself but i don't think we should start saying but 10 ways to stop looking too old on the way you know. here there were a group of young girls and i would say they you know 19 mm. 20 and she had on the leather skirt and i, mm. I, I as you said I, I looked at her and i was like oh to be that Those age again days. yeah and I've, I've noticed i have that more of that Those I, well, this, I mean, here's two interesting points mm. one 
I think leather skirts on anyone over 12 is kind of tragic. So be very happy <laughs> that you feel that you can't wear a leather skirt. But but the thing is that... We, Annabelle, you love a leather skirt, don't you? <laughs> I wear a leather skirt if I want to, yes. Yeah. You, you know, and you see, for me... There's no, you can't wear one. For, for me, it's not it's not an age thing at all. That's why I said, like, the over style. the age of 12. It's yeah. just, I just, you know, I'm not a fan of leather skirts. Mm. But... If you th really thought about it and I said to you, okay, why can't you do it? Like, what do you think will happen? And you know what your answer would be? My friends might laugh at me. People on the street might laugh at me. Somebody will tell me. No, it's that my legs mm. just don't look yeah, the same. Just, yeah, you don't yeah. Look right. I don't. Yeah. My legs don't mm. look like the girl that mm. was wearing the mm. leather you skirt. See, I just, but what does it yeah, matter? But, because well, I like, you know, I, I remember. You want to look, look your best. Yeah, and mm. I remember the last time I wore a leather skirt, I was 21 and in New York and my legs looked amazing. <laughs> they don't look like that anymore. See, I don't wear sleeveless things so much because I don't like that crepey, you know, yeah. bing bingo, bingo wing or mahjong yeah. wing, as my mother would call it. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't like that. And so I don't wear sleeveless things, but it's because I yeah. don't like exactly. it. It's not because yeah. I'm worried yeah. about looking old or what anyone else would think. I don't like being reminded that I've got crepey, swingy underarms. Mm. But I well, if I want to, if it's really hot, I just think, poof, I'm going to wear a vest, you know, whatever. Can but, I ask yeah. you about, we've talked about ageism in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Do you think there is ageism in the dating world? Mm. Oh, gosh, yes. Because oh, you told yeah. us you're about 10, 6. You, are you, mm. I mean, you look about 20 years younger. Bless so, you, my darling. Mm. Um, but you see, why am I thanking you for saying it's insane, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's insane. I want to look younger. Do I? I don't know. But then do you find I just think that the like, age becomes irrelevant? That dating thing, people start to put, oh, well, you are 59, oh, therefore yeah. you're going to want this. Yeah. You're going to want somebody to settle. Mm. Well, if I put, I suppose, on with... a dating profile, I mean, I'm very lucky. I've always looked much younger than I was. Mm. And obviously, I've had bits of Botox and things like that as yeah. well because, you know, I'm not an idiot. Um, but, what, what, you know, if I was to write my age on, they'd think this was a very old photo wouldn't they? Yeah. And again, I think it shouldn't be. Honestly, I do believe that all bets are off after about, I think life's divided into sort of three lots, you know, 0 to 30, 30 to 60, 60 onwards. And I think bets are off for dating from 30 onwards, really. I mean, honestly, what do you really mind about? There is a certain thing about stages of life mm -hmm. and people being used to things. But if someone's 10 years older or younger than you, is that really, really, really an issue? And if so, why? Interesting. So I definitely noticed, uh, <laughs> I think I noticed, I need to go and analyse the stats, mm. a shift in how many matches I was getting on my dating apps the second I went from 35 to 36 mm. and I realised that I had just dropped out of people's age ranges mm. yeah. and I thought that was bizarre because like, still that's the same person that's a settings thing though isn't it yeah as well. so that's it we've so set in, a rule in, in around criteria. this is my yeah. criteria so whoever's programming or yeah. coding that website has decided that over 36 you need to go into another level I know it's nonsense yeah. Annabelle let me ask you a question yeah. Because we're theoretically, you know, mm. we're, we're the same age. Very much, yeah. Do you not find that a lot of the guys who approach you are way younger than you are? No, I find they're way older. Ah, okay. Because yeah. they I like me because I'll be the same age as them, but I look much younger, so they get the benefit of both, I think. Ah. I get endless, and please stop sending but them, emails, letters <laughs> from no, what looks like no. the same man every time. No, but when you're, you know. on, when you're, on, mm. the, when you're on the street, so mm. in other words, somebody mm. will have you know, no idea who you are mm -hmm. or whatever, because I've always found that 
a lot of the men who approached me, I remember my husband and I split up and I would, you know, be approached by guys who were like 22 and 24. Mm. And I'd say, I have socks older than you. Go away. Mm. And they would know how old I was because there were people mm. that worked with the production companies or whatever. And young guys are very attracted you see, to, to older women. Why are you saying to them to go away? Because I'm... Okay, I married... So <laughs> she I wasn't married to go to jail. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Um, the truth is that I don't care about looks. What oh. gets me sexually excited is a brain. Yeah, absolutely. And so young guys very rarely interest me. They didn't interest me when I was young. I have always liked older men or somebody with a brain like a racehorse. I'd rather a brain like a racehorse than an anything else like a racehorse. Are you saying someone of 22, 23 won't have a marvellous brain? They will be, um, they can be very clever, like my son is 24 and is one of the smartest people that I know. Mm. But will so they be able... You're discounting him because of his age? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So we got to be careful. Well, we? also too, I ha I I mean, for the sake of of dignity, I have a rule, which I'm sure will be broken at some point. But <laughs> I don't want anybody who is less than twice the age of my son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting that, rule, Annabelle. What do you think on the rule? Would I would bring know. It? Yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah, I too am attracted to the person, but I don't. I don't. I do my best not to take any of the other things into consideration yeah. if I'm going to go around saying that. So if yeah. someone of 23 was very interesting and had a great brain, I wouldn't go, oh, no, I can't because he's only 23. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't... I, do you I, see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying, except for that I very... I, I don't often meet men that I think, oh, my God, I could devour his brain. Oh, of, any, you, of any of any age, no, well, but but yeah, you, know, sure uh, you. you know you know you uh, know uh, uh, of of any age. Yeah. So that's the thing for me. If if your mind doesn't turn me on, then mm. nothing else is going to either. And I just don't meet that many men that I think yes. Ladies, I wanted to also ask you, given that we're talking about looks, how did? you kind of react to getting older and feeling like your looks were changing. So Annabelle, you said, have had a little bit of Botox. Mm. Do you, is there a kind of either a pressure or a desire to keep that youth? I think, well, it's difficult for me because I used to be a model. Yeah. And so I became very, very conscious of how I looked. And I sort yeah. of, you know, had to look all the time. Oh, my God, you know, I think I've got a spot there at the moment or something. Yeah. And I don't really... But it's just that it's very hard if you've been a model and if you've been used to the attention you get for that and the effect that has and you've been earning your money from that and if you're in a visual medium, as I was for many years, till I was pushed out by the younger people. <laughs> um, you know, but if you do do that, then it becomes very hard to watch that piece of skin on the front of your face slide off your face. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I think it's harder. And I, I spoke to a friend who's a surgeon and he said that most of the people who come to him have usually made their um, living from the way they look and so they're much more conscious of it oh, so I don't want to you know look I'm not going to say older I'm going to say more tired or more exhausted yeah. mm. or whatever than I have to so I will take the aids if they're offered and that's my own personal vanity yeah. I wouldn't do it to get a partner or to get a job or anything yeah. it's because I prefer looking mm. this way so there's an interesting thing happening in my friendship group at the moment, which mm. is that my close girlfriends, 
the first one has got Botox. Mm. And when she announced she was getting it, we were all like, no, what are you doing? Don't do it. And then we saw her and we were like, huh, mm. it looks Quite very good. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. you can slightly feel that kind of like, oh, is this our time now? And mm. I don't tempted. know how I feel. I was definitely tempted. Yeah, definitely. Are you still a no? I'm still. This was a year ago. Yeah, so I'm still a general no, but mm-hmm. like the more I think about it, the more I think I spend I think a lot of a, money on cream, yeah. I spend a lot of money on good skincare, mm-hmm. I go and get somebody to pummel my face occasionally in the hopes that they'll move the skin back up from <laughs> halfway down my neck to where it should be. Um, you know, is it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Jenny, what do you think? Do you think we are all, particularly in this media industry, I think I should plead the fifth on this conversation (laughs) (laughs) because I don't agree. I don't uh, No, No, I mean, I was, you know, it's a lot of pressure. I I mean, I was I was lucky. I, you know, was young, beautiful, Studio 54, photographed in books and magazines and all of that. And I love I mean, I actually am one of those people who gets up in the morning, looks at my face and goes, wow. Thank I you. That. I, you know, I Life love goals. my face and I think I don't want to touch it. I don't want to do anything yeah. to it. I don't want to fiddle with it. I can usually tell when people have fiddled with their face, but if it makes them feel good, then fair enough. I grew up in a family of phenomenally beautiful women and it was split where there were those who were obsessed with how they looked Mm -hmm. and then those who didn't give a rat's monkey. And I've seen over the years how that all panned out. And those of us who had a really comfortable attitude with what we looked like were fine. And then the others were, I mean, my aunt now looks like a 15-year-old girl. She's had so much stuff done to her face and she's miserable. My mother has had a few tweaks here and there. Miserable. But there's a middle line, isn't yeah. there? I mean, there's a middle path mm-hmm. of just having a little tidy up every now and then. I'm I with you on you the tidy. to go yeah. uh, to either to, to have yeah. nothing or have everything. I think there is a and little tidying exercise mm-hmm. that As you say, there's something about that kind of psychological piece, which is around mm. knowing what makes you happy and yeah. what is about trying to fix mm. unhappiness. Mm. And that mm-hmm. feels like the difference. Yeah. yeah. No, but is there not a middle ground of actually the tiredness because as soon as you said that I was like yeah that's it it's not that it's about trying to look younger it's just not looking tired Mm. and so drinking more water might be something that I probably (laughs) need to do or getting more sleep or getting more sleep or being happy (laughs) you and being happy how much being happy does so you you were talking I was like but also you've got black don't crack so you're good (laughs) that is to me that to me is the most horrific thing that people say I think that is so so awful and I don't believe it really and and no and you want to know something I was in New York recently and so one of the things when I first moved here that made me laugh was that if I wanted if I was just wondering how old someone was Mm -hmm. a white person then I would look at them and I would subtract 10 years from how old they looked and that would be how old they really were because okay. because people here looked older mm-hmm. and I thought, OK, it's, you know, whatever. And then I started noticing that a lot of black people here looked older as well. And I think that the reason one of the reasons people here 
quite often look older is attitude. Mm. I'm going to keep lack some of vitamin D. D, 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 D yeah. yeah. Thank you, fabulous Annabelle Giles. My pleasure. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 